Welcome back to another episode of Prop Sessions. Today we've got Dan Fuqua on from Home Search, I believe Head of Commercial Operations, if I've got that right. I may have missed a line or two, so you can correct me. But anyway, Dan, welcome on to the pod. It's a pleasure to have you here, my man. It's a pleasure to be here. I, um, I was really jealous when you had uh, one of my colleagues on the other week. And uh, yeah, he's, he's been saying all sorts of things to me about why I never go on. And I worry it's just because I them too outspoken <laughs> but yeah i am head of commercial operations at home search um you know effectively run everything we do from our commercial team which is pretty cool especially with the stuff that we've got going on at the moment so yeah i'm uh, i'm very excited to get into some of that because i feel like these are these kind of things are a good platform to you know we can go a bit deeper into things that perhaps aren't um you know put out in traditional you know, marketing and posts and stuff like that. And, you know, it's always nice to get a little bit of behind the scenes. I think people people always love knowing the faces behind the brand and the company. Obviously, Sam, who who came on last, which is coming up very soon. Uh, we had some awesome chats and it's just, a, yeah, lovely way of getting into it. But to be fair, what I'd love to do before we dive into that stuff is just go into a bit about you. You know, I'd love to find out a bit about your story, you know, how you, uh, you know, what you're doing before home sets, how you, how you got intro to them. Yeah, I'd love to start there if that's cool. Cool. So, yeah, thank you. I was a career estate agent. I said this on another podcast recently and I kind of waffled on for ages about it. But um, I grew up with my mum being an estate agent. And um, ever since the age of four, you know, property's been in my life. My grandmother owns a conveyancing company and, you know, it's in my blood, really. So when my mum was driving a nice company car when I was 14, 15, I thought, you know what, well, I want a bit of that. You know, Audi TT, no qualifications. It sounded like the dream at the time. Little did I know that it was much harder than just showing people around doing viewings. But I left sick form, uh, 17 years old. Never wanted to stay, never wanted to go to uni, just wanted to get out and start having a career, really. And, yeah, bought a suit for 80 quid from Marks Suspensers, walked into Vickery & Company, and, yeah, Chris Gray, who now works for Avocado, who's, you know, close friend of mine in the state agency, um, gave me a job within 24 hours. And the rest, as they say, is kind of history. Um, worked my way up. I was a, a leader or manager of an office when I was 24 and then became a director at another company when I was 26. And um, sadly, 2019, um, my mum and I decided to work together. Um, we'd always sworn we never would, you know, so it, it it happened, well, sorry, end of 2018. And um, six months into working together, things were going really well. We were growing the business and what have you. And sadly, she passed away from brain aneurysm at the age of 46, um, which was tough to take. I took four days off and made a commitment to her business partner that I would give it my all until, you know, for the foreseeable future, really, just to carry on my mum's kind of legacy, if you will. Um, but. I quickly realized that I'd achieved everything that I wanted to achieve at the end of that year. And, you know, I'd climbed my Everest. I use that phrase quite a lot, climbed my Everest, but I, it's the only way I can really describe it. So I, over that Christmas, I made a conscious decision that I wanted to try something new, um, considered recruitment for, oh, you know, done everything in the state agency, go to recruitment. And I was like, mm. just felt, I've always felt this, it's going to sound really arrogant. I've always felt like I'm more than an estate agent. 
Um, I've always felt that I'm more than just a branch manager, value and negotiator. I've always felt like I wanted to give something back. And as much as naturally I moved into a sales role with Home Search, it's the ability to influence other people's lives, being able to make, you know, a negotiator sell more houses, being able to help a manager increase the profit margin in their office. That is genuinely what gets me going every single day and gets me out of bed. Um, because there's no better feeling than having a Facebook message from an agent or an email from a message, an email from an agent that says, God, you help me get another five instructions this month. You know, where have you been my whole life? And it's like that, that's my purpose. That's what I want to do. Um, and yeah, so the, I, I always say that um, the first lockdown came at a bad time for 99% of the world. I consider myself part of that one, 1% that it came at the perfect time. You know, it had gave me, you know, a month first and foremost to reflect on what had happened in my career, um, what had happened in my personal life, where I was at. And I spotted an ad um, from a recruiter that said somebody was looking for 20 people to come and work for a prop tech business. And I was like, wonder who it could be. And then I started digging a bit deeper I'd been friends on Facebook with Sam for probably the best part of about 18 months. And I just sent him a message one day and just said, hey, I'm furloughed, can I have a job? And that was when Sam had his long hair snap back, cool kid on the block, I always call him that. But, <laughs> um, but we had a FaceTime chat on a Sunday morning. I was also in a snapback, I must admit. Um, but we 15 minutes and I, I liken this moment to not, there's no real uncheesy way of saying this, but when you meet someone and you just click with them straight away, yep. um, we had this instant, within 15 minutes, we were like, right, we have to work together. And no job title, no understanding of what I needed to do. I'd used Home Search as a client um, before I joined, um, which, which helped an awful lot. I understood what they do, or understood a portion of what they did at the time. Um, and yet the rest of the history is like, can you start Monday? In, true Sam fashion um and I was like absolutely rocked up bulbous brass and Simon Gates will always tell us this story a lot better than I do um I think everybody the first day I joined thought who on earth is this guy who's come through the door um but as you know they got to know me they realized that everything I say and do comes from a good place it comes from constantly wanting to improve so yeah joined home search and seven months later head of commercial operations from business development executive. And it's just that sheer belief in what we're trying to do, which is to put the agent in the middle of absolutely everything we do and to open the market up. You know, I, I know, you know, there have been some bold claims about opening the market up, but I believe that that's what we do better than anybody else. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll continue to strive to become better every single day. Oh, dude, honestly, I had like shivers as a few, a few of those bits as you were telling that story. And I, I completely resonated with, with so many parts of that. And there's a million directions it could go. But we'll start at what you just said about belief in, you know, in the company, in the people, in the product. And I'd love to tap, unpack that a little bit more because I, I personally feel like belief is... Uh, something that I've struggled with myself, um, <clears throat> belief in myself, belief in company, 
in, in the past. And I've noticed that the biggest shifts I've had is when I've been able to hone in my belief in what whatever I'm doing. And I truly believe that that is one of the biggest uh, attributes of a good, not just a good salesperson, but a good anything, a good anyone is having, having that belief and that, and that confidence. So for you, you clearly, you know, within the first 15 seconds of us speaking, I could tell, right, this is someone who has got a lot of confidence and belief in himself um, in a, you know, in, 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 a, in a good way, as you say, it all comes from a good place. How, um, where do you believe, or do you believe that belief uh, stems from? So I, um, I know, so I mentioned this with Mark Borrell the other day and um, I watched one of your clips of Mark um, earlier actually on LinkedIn. And I, about four months ago, had you know, some things personally going on and I kind of felt a bit strange. Like I, I've always wanted to be successful. I've always wanted to, you know, better myself, work harder than anybody else, you know, work smarter than anybody else. But I found, you know, certain things like the Daily Stoic, you know, I read that every single day, you know, the high, I listen to the High Performance Podcast every day, you know, and what I'd started to learn very, very, very quickly was that everything in life comes from structure. When I'm structured and when I'm ready to, you know, go hell for leather at my dreams effectively you know things things become easy you know that belief is there because you you're you're not obsessing about a destination you're obsessing about the process of getting there that's where the magic happens the process of getting there rather than wanting to you know as an estate agent for argument say wanting to have 50 branches cool you want to have 50 branches but how are you going to get there when you start obsessing about the how you're going to get there as opposed to that final destination, you know, your your dreams have tangible goals in the middle. And when you believe in the tangible goals, you will get there because it's just like, um, you know, it's just like ticking off one thing after the other, after the other. If you can see in my office, I genuinely have, um, where I'm going through this, you know, not spiritual journey, I wouldn't say that, but where I'm going through this journey of developing myself every single day, I have a wall chart. I tick off every single day where I, adhere to my core principles more importantly i cross off the days where i don't adhere to it you know and it's that belief that actually every single uh, step forward that you take you're getting better and progressing and progressing and progressing that's where the belief comes from it has to come from within um because if you don't have it you know if you don't have it within what's the point you know you're, you're living a you know living a life with a mask on so that belief has to come from within you but you also in my opinion when you, whenever you do anything in life you, you can't do it half-heartedly you have to you know either believe 120 percent that you're doing the right thing or don't bother at all you know is what it is well i'm going to be the, the one to drop the first curse word in this podcast that is exactly how i started approaching life it's either a fuck yes or a no and yeah. there's no maybe in between because maybe drains your energy you know oh would you like to come to this webinar or go for coffee maybe you know not too sure maybe we'll talk about that sits in the back of our mind and saps energy uh and i can totally totally resonate with that and i would be remiss if i didn't at least ask you to share a couple of those things on your chart of what you what you go through um because i i would love to yeah i'd love to if you're happy to share some of them yes yeah, so i'll tell you i can't show you because i can't move my computer around, but... sure 
Uh, so, for example, every time I get up in the morning, I make my bed first and foremost. That is the first thing I do. Make it properly as well. So it's made the second I get out, it is exactly as I want to get into it at night. And it sounds like an obsession, and it is. I make sure that um, you know exercise every single morning. Um, and lastly, I wish three people every single day that they have a good day. Mm. Three of my core principles every day. You know, I turn my phone off at ten thirty at night. Meditate before bed, um, and strangely, and this is this is one for a lot of salespeople who just go through the day, scared to take a lunch break, this, that, and the other. You've got to eat. Make sure you eat and drink throughout the day, and that's actually on my tick list for every single day to make sure I actually have breakfast, make sure I actually have a you know a couple of pints of water before I start my day, because they're the things that just get you going. You know, and if you have that structure, you are then bound to it. You know. It, after 28 days, everything that's, that you're trying to create as a habit comes as such. And, you know, yes, those things are personal life things, but I don't see my life as a, um, as a work, personal life, being a dad, you know, money, all of that stuff. I see it as a ball. So imagine you've got this ball that's continually rolling and everything is part of that. So your structure, I personally believe, this belief I hold very dear, is that your structure is what holds your entire world together. If you don't have structure, something's going to fall apart. That ball's going to blow up, you know? So, yeah. It's that perfect balance, isn't it, of, like, people who like to kind of be free-flowing and creative and, you know, like, take each day as it comes. But then you're kind of like a leaf in the wind, you know? And on the other side, you got, on the other extreme is, like, you're so regimented that there's no room for 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 any kind of expansion and like I love how you've got that happy middle ground of having that structure keeping you there and then just chipping away day day after day at it I, I absolutely um love that approach and I think that's the thing with structure like I find like I get these periods of what I call like order and chaos and what I mean by that is like order is like the structure and then it, that structure what I found is will take me to a certain point so say with like my you know my morning and evening routines just like you described I have my certain ones and then they'll get me to a certain point and then I'll need to create a bit of chaos i.e change it up because I've now maybe progressed a little bit expanded my consciousness whatever you want to say to now where something slightly different might uh might suit me and it's that fine and, and it's the same I think it's the same in business as well you know like you have your structures in business but then, you know, which is going to get you to a certain point. But then when, I guess, when home search are getting to a certain point, eventually you're going to have to rejig things to get to the next level and the next level. And it's that constant um, redoing of that process. And it, yeah, I, I love how also you said about work, you know, work and home life are the same thing. You know, it's like the, the classic phrase, you know, people don't have business problems. They have work problems that reflect in their business life. And I, I truly believe that because we are you know business is what made up of what people right um, i think there's a, there's a key phrase there that you know you have to have chaos and i imagine that's a jordan peterson reference am i right mm, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that, that sounds about right that sounds like yeah. a jordan quote for sure yeah, it is a, I, I like to use the phrase because my mind operates it i think incredibly fast so everything that comes out of my mouth is you know shooting straight from the hip kind of thing um but I call those moments of chaos. It, it, 
it's, it's okay to have them. You just have to have control over it. Controlled chaos is a very healthy thing to have in your life, in my opinion, um, because it gives you that break from a rigid structure. It gives you that ability to have creative freedom, to be able to sit here at one point and think throughout my day. And I had a meeting yesterday with Giles, our CEO, and we're, we're talking um, through you know, some serious stuff and what have you. And all of a sudden he says to me, do you know what I've just thought of? That's that's controlled chaos because you're having you're allowing something that's going to further everything that you're doing into your brain. You you can't have um, can't have a balanced life without controlled chaos. Mm. And and the, another way I look at that is like it's kind of like you've got your you've got your mind right where you're thinking of ideas, and you've also got the gut right. You've also got the intuition, and like oftentimes. I find it's that like when you have that feeling of like, hmm, actually this could be a good idea or, you know, you sometimes if something's a bit off, you don't know why, but you can kind of feel something's a bit off. And likewise, you can, like when you met Sam, instantly, boom, I just knew it was the right idea. I've had a few moments like that in my life where I, I just knew straight away and nothing else mattered. Like I brought someone on recently who literally I knew nothing about what his technical skills were, but I knew we were the perfect fit. And I knew that that was all that mattered because it's, you know, easy to learn the skills, right. To learn yeah. the technical skills, but it's the, it's the, you know, the type of person they are, the values that they have. Um, values is actually something I think you touched on earlier. Um, you know, I, I believe so correct me if I'm wrong. I'd love to know like what kind of what principles you look at or if, if you do have any like maybe like a Polaris star or something you look towards to kind of govern your life it's something I'm thinking about a bit at the moment um does that is that yeah, something so that you kind of think about yeah, there is there is um something that I do live my life on now you know I, I used to be driven and motivated by things that were outside of my control now if, if you live that life you can get to where you want to be. You can do what you want to do. But if you just, I just focus every single day on the things that I can control and the things that are within my own control. Because, you know, I, I you know, for all intents and purposes, with what we do, an agent sends out a you know, 5,000 letter DM. I have no control over the response rate for that. Over the, against the law of averages, I know what they should get back from it. I have no control over it. I can't make them type the right words that we know will get them a response. I can't do that for them. Well, I do as much as I possibly can, but you also, again, have to let them have creative freedom. So if I was to then worry about absolutely everything that is outside of my you know, reasonable control, I'm, gonna just, I'm just gonna go insane. I'm gonna go completely insane. So I've just decided you know, over you know, a period of months now where everything that I do, everything I think, everything I speak about, the things that are within my control that is how i live my life just purely with the things that i can affect and control don't pay any thought to much else i love that and that's got to tie in with uh, stoicism in some way i'm sure 100%. and, and um, i'll show you ties in directly to that <laughs> there it is the daily so i actually picked that up again after seeing sam do a post i think it was in december and I was like, damn, like you can just read one blooming excerpt from that and it can have such a profound effect where you're just like, ah, oh, like these like yeah. Yeah. Oh, good moments. You... You know, the, the amount, so we actually have a game, okay? And this is a, this is a, 
Sam and Simon Gates don't know that we play this game, but I know. It's like I liken this to, I don't know if you're a boxing fan, but when you hear um, Tyson Fury speak for argument's sake and you hear about the sauna um, with Vladimir Klitschko. So in my head, I'm playing a game with Simon and Sam as to how many people will actually get bought this book by me. How many people want to, you know, have that influence in their life? Because I'm not the type of person who want to ram it down someone's throat and be like, you've got to do this. But when people ask, you know, what's changed? What's changed with you? I'm like, right, first port of call, I'm going to buy you this book and prime it to you. I'm up to nine people who have bought that book for now, nine. And Sam has sneakily sold, uh, bought, sorry, a few more than, than I have. And... <laughs> It really it irks me every day because it's a small little competition that there's no malice in it. I just want to help people, you know, and that's what I believe my purpose to be is to genuinely help people improve their lives professionally and otherwise. Well, you heard it here first. If you want a free copy of the book, don't go on Amazon. Just, just message me on LinkedIn and I'll buy it for you. Dan's going to overtake Sam. You heard it here. You heard it here first. We'll, yeah. we'll cut this bit out so Sam doesn't see it. <laughs> um, I, but I, I love that because, you know, you look at tradition, like, so my background is economics. I did, you know, got an economics degree and you learn about supply and demand and competition and, and all of these things, right? That are these basic governing laws of how an economy works. Yet at the very same time, what you're saying is, you know, yeah, we're competing to see how many people we can help. And it's, and it's very, very different to how, you know, liking that to a state agency, a lot of estate agents, you know, if, if you go, um, you know, if you were working with one of the competitors, wouldn't really like that as much. Or, um, you know, necessarily, if they're talking about the competitors, might not necessarily have the most positive things to say in the world. Now, I believe that's changing a lot. However, you know, that's traditionally, you know, something that's been there. Now, look at that, look at that like shift in, okay, look, we're still being competitive, but still getting that spirit, but it's for how many people we can help. Like what a simple reframe, but actually like, it's quite a profound one. And I'd, uh, where, where did that come from? Was that like a culture that's within home search? Is that something that you've brought to the table? Where did that come from? Um, I, I, it's something that only I know exists. Uh, you know, it's 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 it's, mm. it's not something that we speak about all the time, but it's it's a battle in my head. Is you know, I left a state agency because not only because I felt like I've achieved what I wanted to achieve, you know, um, but because I had this big moment in my life, you know, big moments I would say over the last couple of years that made me think, Do you know what, I don't want to I don't want to be fighting on every market appraisal. I don't want to be turn up to market appraisal seeing another agent come out or another agent see me come in and have that awful look that agents have at each other when they go or you sit on the sofa and you think oh you know what have they said about me you know it, it's pathetic it, you know you look at some of the best agents in london and i know that you know you know there are other areas available in the country but you look at some of the best agents in london they're not scared to do a split they don't hate each other you know, the, the biggest agents in the country actually happy to split fees. You know, ha happy, happy to play nice with each other. Guess what? Everybody wins. You know, a lot of the time when, you know, 
especially in Surrey, you know, where I've spent the majority of my career, the idea of splitting a fee with your competitor is absolutely beyond them. Why, why would I, why would I go 60-40 with someone? I just want winner takes all. Well, your balance sheet's not going to thank you at the end of the year for that. You know, your, your P&L's not going to be thinking, oh, but we didn't want to give 40% away to, you know, such and such. I'm not going to call out any of my old competitors, but, um, you know, a bit more of that. Everybody wins. You know, I, I run an exercise with every single person that I show home search to, you know, whether that's a, you know, self-employed business owner, you know, whether that's a five branch agency, you know, tens or hundreds of branches of state agency, it doesn't make a difference, but I run an exercise on their patch. And actually when you open an agent's eyes to how much their patch is actually worth, you know, we're talking average transactions in a year, times the average fee that is achieved in, in the patch, you know. I had an agent actually this morning, believe it or not, um, you know, well, well-known brand agent, self-employed agent. Um, and I said, look, in one of your postcodes, your patch is worth 4.4 million pounds on average every single year at 1%. You know, what, why don't you just make friends with every single agent? Split the fees. If you've got a buyer, go to them. And he was like, no, I don't, I'm not going to do that. Why? You know, you're all doing the same job. You, you know, you're all trying to achieve the same goal, which is ultimately put food on the table, you know, and the fighting with each other, you know, that, that is something that's very 80s. It's very 90s. It's very Wolf of Wall Street, you know, and, and I just think as, as an industry, we all need to take a step back and put genuinely put the client first. You know, that's what agents need to do in order to make more money. That's what we're trying to create with a network, you know. And it, and it's a it's a win win, right? You help the client and you help yourself. You help your balance sheet at the end of the year. So okay, so why why what's the resistance to that? Why do you believe that agents, you know, it's not within their reality to say, yeah, I've got um, this property. I know that down the road agent has really good hot you know pool of buyers right now let me take it to them see if they've got someone sell this home quicker split the fear everyone's happy what do you think stopping them from from doing that the the kind of culture that was probably systemic in the 90s i'd say i wasn't you know i was a small child in the 90s so i can't speak of um speak of what it was like to be an agent but you know, there were less agents then, so they didn't need to do that. They've never needed to do it. Whereas now, you know, you're, you're seeing this massive influx. You know, the, the pandemic has helped, you know, Keller Williams. It's helped EXP grow exponentially. So now you don't only have branches opening all the time across the country. You've now got people who are, you know, you, you might go from a pool of 20 agents in a town so then what happens if there's 12 self-employed agents or business owners, sorry, I always struggle with that one to you know, say the PC answer, but you know, now they need more than ever, they need to come together and start working together. Otherwise there'll be no industry. Nobody will make enough money. All of the people who can't back themselves over a number of years or aren't PLC or don't have, you know, quarter of a billion pounds of cash reserves, you're going to go out of business because there's, there's, not enough houses being built to satisfy the amount of agents. So if you've got to work together or find a way where you can bite the bullet and work together or something's got to give, 
because there's not enough transactions in the entire country unless somebody comes along and opens it up um, to, <laughs> you know, to well, make okay. it, yeah. <laughs> who, who knows who it would be. But unless somebody comes along and opens it up um, to get more property on the market, you know, the, the agent's going to fail. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how much, you know, I, I see a lot of the time agents complain about supplier fees, how much suppliers cost, the terms that they're in with suppliers. Forget that. If, if you're not bringing enough houses to the market, you're not selling enough houses or letting enough houses, you can't go on forever anyway. So you've got to make the most of every single opportunity that you get. So, all right, let's talk about home search a little bit. So with, you know, from your view, because I think like the beauty is of the company is that obviously you've got these, got these overarching goals that you're achieving, but then I, from speaking to a couple, I've been privileged to speak to a couple of guys at Home Search now, and it's really what I love is seeing the difference in people's views based on their own personal views, what they're doing in the company, and stuff like that. So, if you were to explain Home Search to a brand new estate agent who's never heard of you before, how would you how would you explain the company to them? My first my first explanation of that is so hard because we cover everything. You know, there's a it's something that we have, you know, in our kind of marketing materials and what have you, which is, you know, the Sam, Simon and I worked on one weekend, which is the kind of journey that you can go on with home search from prospecting all the way through to nurturing them at the end of that journey. But the best way I could describe it is imagine having every single tool you could possibly imagine that you wanted to do your job better on one tablet. Mm. that's it one tab you don't need you don't need to have five six seven eight prop tech tabs open or applications open you know just have crm email client home search you genuinely don't need anything else and uh, i can attest to using uh and i was on a fia webinar last night sam was on there as well representing home search and um i can attest we have been uh use use it all because our clients use it and we've actually been using it for the marketing we do and it is an absolute dream to use um and i think that's one of the things i do love about home search is it's so it's as simple as it can be and as user friendly as it can be and i think particularly in estate agency, that is so, so key. Problem always here all the time. Yeah, we use this prop tech and we use that prop tech, but to be honest, we didn't really get that much out of it. You know, the tool was probably great, but we just didn't really get it or we didn't get the training that we needed here at time and time and time again. And it's not necessarily that the tool is bad. It's just that the way in which it's built to be user-friendly maybe could be better. Um, so that is one of the things I do love, do love about home search. And I guess, um, you know, in terms of like the future for the company, I mean, what, what's exciting for you? You know, when you think about the future for home search, what, what gets you excited? So what, what really does make me excited uh, every single day at home search, not necessarily about the future, is that when I would, I would imagine within the sector that we're in, you know, there, there is a lot of, um, I'm trying to put this in the most politically correct way. So that I don't, don't worry about it. We don't do PC on here. So, talk how you want um, to talk. You, you've, got a lot, you've got a lot of different bits of tech out there at the moment that serve a very good purpose. You know, there are, you know, there are certain bits of tech that I'm really, really big fan of, you know. Um, 
life cycle with iceberg for argument's sake it does help that rob brady's one of my best friends in the state agency in the prop world but you know you know even i used i used iceberg before life cycle and i believe what what they're doing is going to change absolutely everything for crm game you know completely you know I, i have no doubt in my mind um in the belief in their product but with us one of the things that we do really well is that people ask us all the time, oh, have you heard about this? Do you know that such and such is doing this? And we genuinely, we're at home search, we are like this. We don't look at what anybody else is doing, what anybody else's features are, what somebody else wants to do. You know, believe you me, speaking with our board, speaking with Sam, speaking with Giles, we're more concerned about what we do and making sure that we're doing the best by our clients every single day. You know, that's why with us, you don't, when we release new products and, you know, there are new products that we're uh, developing all the time, you know, the the work never stops. We never have a complete product. Um, But when we develop something, we don't think, oh, you know, X prop tech company does this, so we've got to go and do it. You know, we're not like that. We, we want to do, be the best at what we do um, and focus. Every, I don't believe we'll ever be the, the best because there's always room for improvement. You know, there always will be. But, you know, in terms of what excites me is that we do stay in our own lane. We don't, you know, people will say, oh, you're a portal, you're this, you're that. You know, we've never said that. The words portal have never come out of our mouth, ever. You know, we are effectively creating a, a, an ecosystem where an agent can do their job better every day and staying in our own lane, not looking what anybody else is doing, just making sure that we're doing the best by our clients. That's exciting to me. Mm. And it's, again, it's, it's, I, I love like the parallel with like the traditional model of, you know, you go and start a business. Okay, you look at what is out there in the market. You try and find a, a, a gap to squeeze into to kind of carve out your own area and, and get some X percentage of market share. I just love how none of that applies. And actually, and, and I think this, this goes to hand in hand with what you were just saying about competition. Essentially, if every agent did the same thing and they were like, I do not care what the other agents are doing, all we're focused on is being the best agent we can be given the best possible service to our client. And, you know, we trust if we do that, the rest will just follow. Um, I think that philosophy and that way of doing business is one that, you know, would do a lot of people a lot of good. Um, and it's so cool to hear coming like home search. You are obviously like, I, I would consider you a pretty big company. I don't know how you guys think of yourself like that, but a rapidly growing company, you know, that, that is how you guys think about it. And, um, yeah, that, that's just, you know, so cool. And I think like you then, I guess like what's so when you're talking to agents because this is interesting as well so you have a lot of obviously agents listen to this and you have a lot of interaction with agents do you talk about you know like obviously you're showing them the product and how it works and stuff like that do these kind of things come up where you're actually talking about these you know seemingly peripheral ideas and ways of thinking and, and does that come into the equation when you're talking to them and the reason I ask is I guess you know because to, util- to fully like utilize any platform, you know, obviously it's all about home touch here. I feel like these kind of concepts just make it a better, so much better experience, right? Is that stuff that comes into it at all? Do you, do you chat about no. that? When, 
is that there's a kind of there's so many levels to to that that you've just said but i'm going to take it back to the beginning and when we speak with an agent and i'm going to give someone a really good sales tip here um is that because we can fit into 90 percent of what an agent does in in their day-to-day -day job and what they do to influence a, a move for somebody is that it's not about what we can do for them it's about what they need you know if they need more instructions great if they need to get more price reductions because they potentially overvalued a little bit or the markets you know got a bit tougher you know if they need to have something nice that's just got their branding on it you know whatever it is that we need we, we don't sell to anybody and, and that is that is something that is you know it's in our vision it's in everything that we do we do not sell at home search we consultatively show them what we can do that solves the problems in their business so when when an agent says to us can we do it you know most companies have a rule where 25 50 clients ask for something they'll explore the idea of going to make it you know we're the type of business where we are very agile in the sense that if a very small number of our clients want something and we can we can actually do it and it's actually achievable you know don't get me wrong uh, if, if you said to me tomorrow as an agent can you build me a product which will tell me every single house that's going to come on the market with 100 percent accuracy over the next year no we cannot do that you know we can't do it but you know there are certain things that that we that are in you know are, we are always working on to make our offering better but that's always down to the feedback in collaboration with obviously our own thoughts about what, what we need to do next but in collaboration with feedback from a very small number of paying clients you know we like focus groups you know we're just about to start our home search conference every month where you know we're going to talk about real estate we're going to talk about um spending too much time with an australian coo saying <laughs> all the time but you know um but <laughs> but you know talking about estate agency talking about property talking about maybe what we can do better you know, we're always looking, we're always looking for feedback. Negative feedback is the best feedback you could ever get. Best feedback, as long as you listen. Mm. But we will go and build things if we can on a very small number of, um, you know, bits of feedback from, from agents. I love that. And I'm, I'm super excited to, when that, um, you know, the conference, when, when that comes out, that'll be, um, I think, super exciting for agents. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be asking, asking for an invite so I can come along. That sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Um, all right. Brilliant. I just, I don't know, we've been in 45 minutes already. I don't know right. about you, but it feels like it's been three minutes. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll shift now to a couple of fun questions that I'd love to, to ask you and get your, get, get your thoughts on. So I'll set the stage, um, for these ones. So first one I've got for you is when you look back at your very young life so far, you know, all the things you've done, achieved, um, failures you may have had what is one of your favorite failures that you can look back on or another way to ask that is what is a failure that you've had that's actually led to a, a later success that's a great question it's a great question um i've had a lot of false dawns in my career where i thought mm, maybe i'll move away from what i you know what my original plan was and one of them was at a company where you know I was fortunate enough to you know be a director and 
we we were so close to, to having this magic formula that would have just allowed us to go and genuinely, I believe, be a household name across the country just because of the type of people who were behind the business. Um, but it didn't work, you know. It, 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 we went for too much of a, like a retail approach too quickly. And looking back on that now, there are so many things I would have done differently if I would be back in that back in that time. But failing to get to a position where we were able to go from two, five branches to 50 branches within a year, which we all wanted to do. You know, I look back on that and that's the, that's the biggest heartbreak or failure in my career. Um, but it enabled me after that period when I decided to leave the business, it enabled me to go and have that last six months with my mum and have the last dancing agency. So if I didn't have that failure, if I didn't have that heartbreak and oh, I've missed out on an opportunity here, and then I wouldn't have got to spend the last six months of my mum's life every single day with her. So that's an achievement that comes out of it. My, honestly, like my whole like back of my head, like all the little hairs are standing up on it. That is what a gift, man. Um, thank you for sharing that, honestly. Right. Um, that, that's incredible. All right, I'll give you, give you a different one. So you're, uh, you've been an estate agent in a lot of different forms. You've obviously worked your way up to the highest ranks and now you're obviously working within Homesite to speak to a lot of estate agents. What is one of your biggest pet peeves within within estate agency or within the industry and you can you can list a couple if you've got a thousand that's fine but however you want to answer it you said you said we've been going for 45 minutes but you know if you got 12 hours <laughs> you know, i don't even think that's going to be enough um, my biggest pet peeve in estate agency is agents who claim to be innovative and forward thinking but aren't prepared to change so if you were to do a um if you were to do a search and, you know, for example, I live in a place called Yately in Hampshire. If I was to go to Yately, Sandhurst, Camberley, and look at every single estate agent's website, buzzwords that you're going to see are customer service, you know, forward-thinking, innovative, modern estate agents. Okay. Prove it. Do something different in the lounge. Because... Nobody, I don't believe, around here really does much different in the lounge. You know, virtual tours were the big thing last year. They were the big, you know, we had, I had a Matterport scanner in 2018. You know, it, it wasn't new to me. Everybody releases their Giraffe 360 and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I do that now. You've got to think three, five years ahead. You know, as, as an agent, you've got to think, you know, what's going to be popular in five years? Because then if you're always working at that that five years ahead of you or 10 years ahead of you in some cases, then nobody's ever going to catch you because whilst you've got, whilst they're trying to catch up with the thing that you've done, you're already on to the next. You've already perfected that thing that they've already done. So you're on to the next. And that becomes a, a minor part of your service. So what really, you know, what really winds me up is that agent <laughs> winds me up. You didn't ask me that, but it does wind me up. Is when an agent wants more, wants to do more business, but isn't prepared to change. That, 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 that's the fundamental, fundamental. Mm, yeah, no. to, you know, I always say with my team every day, you know, and they'll, they'll laugh when they see this, but I am always prepared at a moment's notice to go with the plan, rip it up in search of a better plan. And you've got to give things time to pan out as an agent. Of course you do. You need, you need 90 days. 
The amount of things that an agent could achieve in 90 days is phenomenal. But everybody's always looking for that quick buck tomorrow, you know, and you've got to be prepared to change and go through suffer to get that, you know, positive result. Yeah, t- totally. And that, you know, um, I totally resonate with that on people wanting to um, innovate, but then, you know, not being prepared to put in the work. I think that's common across a lot of, in, in a lot of areas of life, to be fair. All right. So follow up question on that. You know, if you went and started your estate agent tomorrow, what's something that you'd be doing? Dude, I'll let you into a secret as to what I would do. I'm not going to do this. So, you know, it, every single time, you know, I, I believe you do need, at the moment, you still need portals. Doesn't, doesn't matter who you are, because that's where the consumer eyeballs are right now. What I would be doing is that leverage every single buyer that comes through your door to be worth an instruction. And I have a very, very simple way of doing that. A very simple way of doing that. And you know, even to the point where in order to find those buyers, if you was, I had a, I had a um, chat with actually a lady who was starting up her own agency yesterday. And before the demo, I said to her, look, what I want you to do, if you on, are you on Facebook already? Are you still, you know, are you posting the group, saying you're open your business, et cetera, et cetera. What I would do, even if I before, and this is that anybody who's a, you know, self-employed agent, just about to start, find some buyers, put them in the groups. Is anybody looking to buy a house? I can find you your next house, okay? Get that buyer list before you even start. It's the power of social media, right? You know, Instagram, you know, one day agents will start using TikTok. I see that um, Tyron Ash uses TikTok now, which is yeah. very cool, I have to admit. I really like that. But go and find the buyers, find them a house, you'll get the instructions. Worry about the instructions after you've got the buyers. That's what I would do. Go and find a list of 20 buyers, speak to those buyers every day. This is what I'm doing to find you a house. Because 20 people, on average, they'll probably speak to six people in a week. Spirals very, very quickly. Mm. Don't need 100 grand to open an office nowadays. You don't. You know, make the most of social media. Get those buyers. Get the buyers talking to other people. Everybody will know someone who's thinking of selling their house. You know, everybody will. <laughs> I, uh, I hope that dropped in for any agents listening to this on... Uh, killer thing you can just go and do right now um it it, 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 it i do find it interesting at how you know you look obviously you look at the us you look at australia where obviously agents get compensated on, on on buyers and hopefully that starts to change in the uk but you know even just simply when you're speaking to a buyer when you you know would you be looking to sell a property at any point or do you know anyone who is i i just the simple question oftentimes gets overlooked and there are, um, by having that slightly just more open view as to, okay, a property doesn't just come from somebody who requests evaluation. Actually, they can come from anyone because they come from people, right? And ultimately you're yeah. interacting with people all day. Um, I love that. I absolutely love that. I'm really glad we, we got that because that's, that's absolute gold. Thank you for sharing that. There's one other um, thing on that point though, is that, one of the things that we do at Home Search, one of the things that I coach especially, and I know Simon does this as well, is that there's, there's a question that, that, there's a situation in agency where somebody inquires about property for a portal. They would call you, you get that, you know, such and such is connecting this call. Or 
you get an email lead through or that little old lady walks into your office and everybody says, oh, she's not in again. Better make her a cup of tea, you know? You see it in every single estate agent's office you go into. There's those people that come in and they say, I want a bungalow. The problem is right now, up until this point, agents haven't had a tool where you can find the most people with the highest propensity to move in your area and be able to search on absolutely everything that that person would want and isolate those properties and show them. That's what we can provide. You know, that's what I use. That's what Simon used as agents. That's why we're here now. You know, that's why we're doing it because to coach agents on every single buyer that comes through your door, no matter where they come from, is worth an instruction to you potentially. And that's down to us to show you how to do that. That's the coolest thing about my job. Mm. And uh, yeah, any, anyone listening to this, that's a, I think that's a good invitation just to say, you know, if you actually want to actually kind of find out a bit more about what home search actually does under the hood, because there's all these different things it can do for you. Like you say, it's uh, what you need. You know, what do they do? Book in, book in a call, go to the website. Um, message me on LinkedIn, drop me a voice note. I love a, I love a LinkedIn voice note and in, on, the, uh, on the messages. I have a lot of time for those. But, you know, yeah, go to our website, book in. It will either come to me, Simon, Matt or Rich. Um, and, yeah, we'll show you around. So, so drop, I guess this, this is your, this is your interview, this is your session. So let's say drop you a LinkedIn voice note. They do stand out. I get probably one in a hundred and I love them as well. Cause you just, they just catch your attention and uh, maybe you'll even get a book out of it. So it's, it's a win-win yeah, exactly. situation. Right. So what, what have you got new, to lose? New, prom new promotion coming up soon. Daily <laughs> stomach with every branch that signs up for home search. <laughs> <laughs> love that. All right. Final one I've got for you. We're going to project many, many years into the future. Um, so many, in fact, that you've, you know, you've achieved a lot of these things you've wanted to achieve in, in life, you know, all your, all your different goals, you've lived the full life, you've, you loved your family, you've touched a lot of people, you've amassed, you know, all of the wealth you've wanted to amass. Um, it's your last day with us on the planet. Can't leave any of that behind, nothing physical to your family, to your, you know, friends, to your colleagues, to the people you love, to the people you've touched. However, you can leave them with one piece of advice or, or you know, one, one bit of knowledge or wisdom. What would, you, what would you leave them? Do every single thing that you do with consistency. That's it. That. Every, everything in life that's good that will happen to you will become because you've been consistent at it. You know, it's like my parents always said to me growing up, you know, I always wanted to be a footballer. I was not very good. But um, my parents always said, you need to go out and practice. Be consistent every day. Going out and doing 10 keepy-uppies in the garden is never going to make you, you know, the next David Beckham, you know. But if I'd have trained consistently every single day, like people do, that's when the magic happens. That's when your, your talent doesn't really matter. So anything that you do, just be consistent with it. Commit and be consistent and you'll be fine. Love that. That is a, I think a beautiful place to, to end up. And I like how that kind of ties in with what we were talking about at the beginning about like creating that structure to keep you, keep you on that track. Um, Dan, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, mate. Um, yeah. If you know, I'd love to, uh, I'm looking forward to getting this one out. Um, if you've got any final words, uh, I'd love to hear them from you. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. And, um, 
yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Only the second time I've ever done something like this. So, um, yeah, thank you for the opportunity and um, looking forward to seeing your next ones. Beautiful.